Oh my God. Getting right to it. (laughs) Enough of this malarkey. Welcome to Yaks and Jackson, the podcast. I'm James Green Jr. (laughs) Uh, I thought you were going to say the podcast with the mostest or the podcast. Come on now. Come on now. This isn't 1988. (laughs) The podcast with the rod blast. (laughs) <laughs> oh man. Now that's the John Holmes hour. <laughs> this this episode oh I'm Raleigh Hatch, by the way. Uh this episode is gonna feature a lot of rod blasting because this is uh <laughs> this is the song we're covering today, uh which is entitled Burn This Disco Out, is a Rod Temperton penned track. Mm. We'll so there is a lot of rod blasting going on. You're not just pitching woo. <laughs> um, but we'll get into the rod blasting later. Um, anything we want to talk about first? Let's see. What's Raleigh? This is. I want to talk about how this is the final regular episode of season two. What a wild ride it's been for you and Seriously. I. Seriously, I didn't think we'd ever get to this point. Episode twenty-five. Who knew when we began this podcast 20 years ago? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you who didn't know. All the people in my uh, sound effects machine that are clapping for how excited they are. <laughs> I wish the uh, audience at home could have seen you reaching for that little sound machine <laughs> desperately. Yeah, I was going to say, where's the desperation sound effect? Mm. What does that sound like? No, that's the that's the. Uh, there's only three made three more days till Christmas sound effect. <laughs> How about this one? No. <clears throat> All right, enough of enough of the sound effects. Um, let's. Uh, I guess we should start with the mail closet, perhaps. What a novel idea! Beginning with the mail closet. Or. or yeah, let's open this mail closet up. I have a feeling. Whoa! By the way, shout out to Harper Lee, who died. I also, opened the mail closet. She passed away. Yeah, George Gaines. Ah, uh, yes, George Gaines. Vanity. Vanity. This is turning into the mail crypt. Let's uh <laughs> welcome to the mail crypt. Let's, let's shove these bodies in there way in the back. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the crypt. Um so we don't uh I don't think we have any traditional mail this uh this week, this episode. Um we do have uh we have a new Twitter follower I just noticed today, uh named Michael Frank. Who, if I did my internet sleuthing correct, I believe this is Rod Temperton's son. No. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Fuck town. I, I think so. I think so. I'm going to have to send him a, uh, a DM or a PM. Which is it? Which is A DM a on DM? Twitter. Raleigh, on Twitter, you slide into the DMs, and, <laughs> but you PM someone on Yahoo chat. There you go. Okay. Um... <laughs> Yahoo chat. <laughs> so I, I might have to get together some rod rod blast questions, and we uh, could. I mean, that could lead to very fruitful planes. Yeah, 
Um, now, I, it looks to me like there's something unconventional in the metal closet today, Raleigh. Behind the bodies? What do you think? <laughs> Behind the festering corpses of oh, these celebrities we hold dear. <laughs> what is it? Do you do you have something? No, I was refer I was oh. specifically <laughs> referring to what you were talking about before we started recording. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I thought you had something else that I'm not aware of. Um one other thing, this is this is barely a mail closet item, but it's gonna lead into an anecdote that'll fill a little time while we're here in the closet, smelling these dead bodies. Um, I ran into uh, uh, Jackson Jackson fan and frequent commenter Kirk Howley and a former guest, I should also mention. Uh, former and future, hopefully. Did you uh, run into him at your house when you invited him to be at your house <laughs> because you guys are super good friends? No, actually, I ran into him uh, uh, waiting for the bus, um, in, in line for the bus. And uh, Jersey City is such a small community. That's what I love about it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, he was mentioning he's he's a few episodes behind, and he uh, he was talking about the "She's Out of My Life" episode, and he couldn't believe Kirk Halley was dumbfounded by Michael Jackson saying "damned" in in the lyrics. And I said, "Well, you know, Michael didn't write it, so." And Kirk just Kirk was still he was just flabbergasted. He was he was rod blasted about the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> so um so I uh accidentally stumbled upon an anecdote today um while looking up some information for the song that we're covering today, but I happened to find absolutely nothing about the song we are covering today and found something about She's Out of My Life instead. Um this is from the book in the studio with Michael Jackson, uh, written by Bruce Swedian. Um, I believe, let's see, I think it was in 2009 or so. I'm not sure if this was before he died or it was probably started before he died. I'm, I assume. Um, so I believe Bruce was an engineer for off the wall. That sounds correct. Um, and he has some stories about a few songs, some like, super specific, highly technical uh, stories about microphones um, that I'm not going <laughs> to share know, with anybody. That's, that's my favorite part of, uh, you know, in working on the book I wrote about the Misfits, I cannot tell you how often microphones came up in my research <laughs> and like specifically what microphones were being used. And someone, when I did a, uh, I did a, um, like a like question and answer thing at a college on my book tour. And like one of the first questions somebody asked was, tell me about the microphones that the misfits were using. <laughs> and Did you maybe there are people who are very into that. Is there, is there something um, unique about the misfits uh, microphones? I think there's something new, unique about all of the entirety of the production techniques of the misfits because mm -hmm. they, are one of the uh, like landmark uh, early punk rock groups who did not use uh, like an did not record in like uh, quote unquote expensive like metropolitan studios. They spent a lot of their time working and recording in you know rural New Jersey, suburban, not rural, depending on how you look at it, New Jersey, and uh, 
you know, they were kind of just using um, what they had lying around at their house or whatever. You know, there was no, it wasn't a situation like the Ramones or the Sex Pistols where they spent money to get like top of line equipment and, you know, worked from there or top of line production stuff. You know, their first Ramones album was recorded at Radio City Music Hall. And uh, never mind the bollocks was like mixed by uh, those guys who had worked with Queen, um, or the one guy had worked with Queen. You know, it was like the first. Uh, you know, every, and uh, listening to the Misfits' discography, it, like yeah, everything does sound kind of radically different because they were just, you know, using what they 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 didn't make any stab at attempting to have uniformity in their sound, which I guess is a lot like the way Nirvana was. Like those three Nirvana albums all sound really different. It's clearly the same band, but they're taking different approaches. Uh, you know. And uh, that's, you know, that's, I can't think of now, I, can I name any specific pieces of equipment or any brands? Not really, but I know that, it, you know, there are people who, you know, obviously if you're a fan of a musician and you play music yourself, you probably want to replicate certain sounds as best you can. So there's a lot of discussion about all this. Indeed. And uh, engineers love to talk about that super technical <laughs> shit. Um probably because they're surrounded by it 24 hours a day and uh <laughs> and that's they spend hours and hours moving a microphone inches just to get uh a special sound um but uh we're not going to talk about microphones for hours and hours today we're going to talk Wait, about what <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i could we could we could talk about the ribbon microphones i could just read this book uh verbatim um, but I, I do want to just address Kirk's comment and talk about that. Um, Michael Jackson, his, his vulgar mouth. Um, okay. This is from Bruce Sweden. Uh, when we were recording the basic rhythm track for she's out of my life at Cherokee studios on Fairfax Boulevard, a block North of the Melrose district. That's also something engineers love to do is specifically point out where on the map their <laughs> their recording studios are. <laughs> Uh, we were recording in Cherokee's Studio 3. At that time, Michael absolutely did not curse or say a bad word. He is still pretty much that way. Although in the past few years, I have heard him get mad and say something nasty. I think he's entitled. It was the day that we were to record the music track for She's Out of My Life. It was about 1 p.m. <laughs> As if it fucking matters what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were all in Studio 3. Man, this is terrible. We were all in Studio 3 at Cherokee Recording Studio. <laughs> we didn't just cover that. The musicians were slated to arrive at 5 p.m. <laughs> we were rehearsing in the studio. <laughs> Greg Filinganis was there playing the Rhodes, perfectly as usual. Quincy was busy at the piano making arrangement notes for the song. I was in the studio setting up my mics and all. Did I mention that the studio was Cherokee Studio 3 at Cherokee Studios on Fairfax Boulevard, a block north of the Miller's District? It was approximately 5, 12 p.m. at the time. Michael was seated... Are you serious? Is that what it is? No, I I made that last part up. Um, Michael was seated at the drums, singing his heart out, exclamation point. Every time we came to the third verse and the line, damned indecision and cursed pride, or cursed pride, uh, Michael couldn't say the word damned. He just couldn't bring himself to do it. He would stop singing and with his foot hit the bass drum foot pedal as loud as possible. He just couldn't curse. When the rehearsal ended, 
Quincy quietly told Michael that he would absolutely have to sing the word damned for the recording. Michael nodded and said to Q, I know. He did. <laughs> well, that explains why when we get to Thriller, he in a, the, the one song where he's like, the girl's out of my life, he says, that doggone girl's out of my life. <laughs> I'll have to uh, I'll have to revisit this book um, when the time comes because I know I know he gets more in depth uh, for later albums. Okay, that is it from Bruce Sweden. Sweden. Um, what else is there? Anything else in the mail closet? I don't, I don't think, see anything. I don't think so. We haven't had. Any I mean, I have I have people who have told me outside of mail channels that they've been listening to the podcast and they enjoy it but nothing on record um we're we're picking up fans raleigh i think uh john from um inside the box uh the tv history podcast was trying to start some shit between us to get us to fight some more about john quincy adams and uh (laughs) heading into the future (laughs) a very contentious part of our history that i do not wish to revisit Okay, we'll leave we'll leave that alone. <laughs> I mean, if you want to start a, a podcast where we argue about the founding fathers and how they would react to future technologies, excuse me. <clears throat> I started watching um, the uh, Stephen King, uh, the Stephen King. It was a book, and now it's a miniseries on Hulu. Eleven twenty two sixty three. That is the one, um, which features some time travel thanks to James Franco who is the star of the film and also, I believe, the executive producer. Um, it's got some interesting time travel in it. Um, but I believe, so, I can't remember what it was, but something something that happened while watching that, obviously all I was thinking about was our podcast the whole time I was watching the first episode. But something made me think that, oh yeah, going back in the past... Um, that is pretty difficult or, or maybe going to the future is actually more difficult. It doesn't, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't know where I'm going. That's the, you know, you're trying to ignite the exact argument we had last time. Let's, let's, we literally were arguing about what would be more difficult going to the past or future. (laughs) But I I feel like for some reason I felt myself, uh, agreeing with you, but, uh, let's get out of this closet before, before things are too crazy. Okay, this clo- the closet's closed. The crypt, the mail closet crypt is closed. Well, no more tales bodies. from that crypt. Um. Okay, so I guess we have to get into the episode now. <laughs> I guess we do. I guess we do. I mean, what do you what are you worried about? Burn this disco out. It's a you know, it's a fun little number. It is. I think I'm just I'm just upset because this is the last song on the album, and this is going to be it for a while. Well, until we, we, but are we going to do that wrap up episode? Yeah, but I think we'll need a we'll need a little time to let things simmer. I'd sort of, I would like to, uh, I sort of want to see that Spike Lee documentary before we before we do the, mm. um, before we bring it back and uh, wrap up the album completely. But I did in listening to this final track, I did listen to the entire album straight through. At least once, mm-hmm. um, and I sort of 
adjusted some of my ratings. I gave my I gave it a, a more uh, I don't know a more. You wait. You didn't adjust them on record. Did I didn't you? adjust them on record. I wrote them on. I wrote them on a little piece of paper. Here you can you can look. Them. The folks at home won't be able to see, but uh, <laughs> here, here's my. Now you folks ratings. at home aren't gonna believe what I'm seeing. <laughs> this is the craziest thing I ever saw in my life. The password. It seems like. Wait, did they all go up? Oh, everything went up. Everything went up. Um, most notably, uh, for off the wall, the song, the title track from the uh, from the album. I feel like. I I think I was pretty hard on that song, and it's weird because that's the song that is the most that gets stuck in my head the most since we've since we've been doing this album. It's constantly in my head, and I got and I find myself going back and listening to it all the time. Um, But it's not like uh, you know that happens all the time with uh, music. You feel like you you feel. in your present conscious, like you're not into it, but then it just kind of sticks with you yeah. subconsciously. That's, that's what, that's what makes uh, our podcast so difficult. <laughs> Again, rating, uh, rating songs that are 35 years old, 40 years old. Um, you'd think we had enough time to nail down a solid rating, but uh, it's not that easy folks. These particular songs are 37 years old. <laughs> Because I am also 37 years old. As am I. (laughs) Are you? I am, yeah. At least for the duration of this season. All right. I thought, why did I think you were a couple years older than me? I don't know. Mm. Oh, well. A couple years? No, I'm just a couple months older. I guess Mm. it's because you're so mature and stately. Ha. Ha. Wait. Oh God, Raleigh! Come on, you're. <laughs> why, if you're going to use the sound effects thing, why do you keep it five feet away I from you? I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get into "Burn This Disco Out," uh, a song that was not a single, but it was the album closer. So clearly, it meant something special, or it was nothing special at all and thrown at the end. That's uh, that's up for debate and that's something we'll talk about in the next hour and a half or five hours however long this takes written by rod temperton who also wrote off the wall and rock with you here is the beginning That is some funky stuff. Yeah, that is a crazy beginning. It's it, got my attention. <laughs> just when just when it starts to sound like another Magnum PI uh intro. Um <laughs> what was the what was the other song on this album that started out like Magnum PI? Magnum um, PI, what are you talking yeah. about? It started out like Magnum PI earlier on. Uh, early in the album, I don't know. Was it "Get on the Floor," "Working Day and Night"? I have no idea. The Magnum PI theme is so different from. No, just the beginning. The beginning of the Magnum PI. Yeah, the, it's the, like the rest of the song doesn't sound like the intro. So, I mean, it sounds the same in that it's like a syncopated opening, but I don't think it like. There's no confusing. No, no, there's no confusing. The, <clears throat> whatever the other song was, now now you got to make me look up all the stuff. Let's see, working day. And I'm not making you do anything, Riley. 
it wasn't it wasn't working day and night, right? That was all. That started with percussion. What about get on the floor? That's probably what it was. Get on the floor. I'm demanding you to get on the floor right now. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's more Magnum PI that's than Magnum burn the PI. disco out. Right. Yes, I'm saying it was just it was just a similar, just a slightly similar similar. Why do you have to say that all this stuff is exactly the same? It <laughs> disgusts me. Um, but it goes off in a super crazy direction, and I want to listen to it again. In fact, can we do that? Do we have that? Technology? We can do whatever we want, Raleigh. And then it, then it relaxes into this other groove. The other groove, which I'm not, I'm not too crazy about this one. It's, it's a little, uh, it's, a, it's a little generic of a groove. It all sounds great, and I, and the intro is really exciting. But the groove that it settles on is kind of, you know, it's not bad. It's just uh, doesn't doesn't blow me out of the water. Doesn't doesn't burn me out of the disco. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I at first I felt a little disappointment getting to burn this disco out because I was really anticipating a an, a fiery explosion. But yeah, you know, I can lock into this groove. Yeah, we're so articulate today, huh? I mean, that dead <laughs> silence says it all. What more <laughs> needs to be said? Well, let's see if Michael can <clears throat> say anything. <clears throat> Before this goes on for too long. Nope, the horns are going to say something instead. So that's nice. So some mm. somebody is at least trying to rescue us from too much monotony. And it is the horn section. And uh, who is that? The C word. The C. The C word. The C wind horns. That's who's playing on this. Who have we've heard? On probably every track, just about every track on the album. Yeah. Um, we've also got trombones and trumpets, flutes and saxophones, electric piano, drums, bass. I just throw it all in the pot, man. This is the last track. Let's set that shit off. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Jerry Hay is the one who is arranging these gosh darn horns. <laughs> these dog these doggone horns. <laughs> the doggone horns. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jerry Hay. I'm just gonna I just we're gonna take a quick diversion into Jerry Hay. How does he spell hay? Oh what a great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh well for off the wall he spells it Jerry J E R R Y Hay H E Y. He's also been known to use G-E-R-R-Y-H-E-Y, H-E-R-R-Y-H-E-Y, J dot H-A-Y, J dot H-E-Y, Jerome Hay, Jerome R. Hay, Jerry Hay, H-A-Y, Jerry Hay, H-A-Y-E, Jerry Hay, H-E-Y-E, 
Basically, this motherfucker doesn't care. (laughs) Jerry Hayes, H-E-Y-S, Jerry J, J-E-R-R-Y, (laughs) J-E-Y, and also Jim Hay. (laughs) It's outrageous. Guy's out of control. All right. What balls that guy has, huh? I, I already don't know what the hell he says. This is I think <laughs> this track probably is for me the most difficult to understand the lyrics to. Yeah, oh yeah. There's a lot of uh what the hell is he saying and it doesn't necessarily that opening line is there's, there's a, a steam beat. Oh. <laughs> there's a steam beat. Mm. What is, what is a steam beat? Is do you think steam is the adjective like this is a like this is a hot lick? Yeah, or it could be a like a, a clean, steam-powered beat that uh, is not going to harm the environment. <laughs> There's a steak heat. That's what I thought it was. There's a steak heat. There's a steak heat. Mm, that's that's sizzling. <laughs> okay, so there's there's a steam beat. Mm-hmm. And what else is there? It's coming after you. And it's coming after you. Are we really going to do it like this? We're going to go line by line. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've done that. No that was, way. That I mean, a, this song is too dangerous. Fun to do that way. Oh I no, think. this isn't a long song. This is a, three minutes and forty three seconds. This is a, this probably is a this quick song, song is the Ulysses of songs about <laughs> burning discos out. <laughs> You can take it if you only let your feelings through. Exactly. What does that mean? You can take the you can take the steam beat. You'll be able to handle the steam beat if you're just true to yourself. If you try to front on this steam beat, it's gonna knock you on your ass. All right, I got I gotta look up steam beat because is that just something I never is is this a term that we should know what it is? I've never heard it before in my life. Apparently, there's a band called Steam Beat. This is, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really seeing anything called Steam Beat. Although, here's something on Vimeo called There's a Steam Beat from Golden Fleece Media. Let's check this out. Premiered during the Stacy Off the Wall show. <laughs> what is happening? This is, from, this is from 2010. in Chicago. Wow. This is an outrageous diversion. Yeah. Sounds kind of like the beginning to uh, beat it. This This is clearly some kind of short film. There's people dancing in the streets. People dancing in the studio. Alright, that's enough of that for now. I'm gonna have to revisit this later by myself. <laughs> please, please when I'm do. Alone. When I'm alone with the steam beat. <laughs> what you do in the privacy of your home with the steam beat is your business. 
Okay, so I still don't know what Steam Beat is. Um, are we going to learn what a Steam Beat is by the end of the song? Uh, does Does Michael define it? I'm going to have to write this down under my questions for Rod Temperton. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'll know before you talk to Rod Temperton. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Seems likely. I'm gonna have to send. I'm gonna have to send this question on Twitter via uh, Rod Temperton's son. Assuming that it is Rod Temperton's <laughs> son. So I'm 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 trying to write down what is a steam beat, and I wrote what is a rod. <laughs> <laughs> An even more important question. <laughs> I can't do two things at once. <laughs> what is a steam beat? Okay, mysteries of the unknown, um, and uh, not only. What is it? But why is it coming after us? And why can we only take it if our feelings are through? I don't know. Do you have any answers? If you don't, I mean, I would, I mean, I, I understand it, Raleigh. You do. do you have, yeah, like I said, it's, you know, you got to embrace the change or you got to embrace the insanity that's coming and be true to yourself or else you're going to be destroyed. <laughs> by the empire <laughs> by an empire of sorts by the empire, Not the empire. the sun the sun the father and the holy steam beat okay starring uh mario Cant- cantori Cant- <laughs> mario cantone. cantone host of steam pipe alley <laughs> The Officer Joe Bolton of my generation. Steam Beat Alley. Here comes some more of this goddamn song. Please. So DJ spin the sound. There ain't no way that you gonna let us down. Gonna dance, gonna balance this whole world. All right, I let this go too far already. It's too much, <laughs> too much to talk about. Okay. So now we're now we're addressing the DJ. I think I think my my main problem with this song is uh, it's I feel like it sort of sums up things we've talked about before elsewhere on the album. Like so, I know I've been complaining for the past several songs that like off the wall to me it was kind of pitched as a party record, and I thought. <laughs> At, well, maybe not pitched, but it it started out as like what was going to be this fun. We're going out, we're going to the, we're going dancing, we're having a, we're gonna have a long crazy night, and everything's fun. <laughs> and you know, this is all, this is all I work for. I I just want to go out on Friday night and uh, get crazy. And now here is a song that is clearly geared to that to that request that I made and, and I'm complaining about it now. I feel like it's, <laughs> I feel, I feel like this so is little, says more about you though. The song. Oh, it, I'm sure it does. I'm sure this whole podcast <clears throat> is mostly about me and me and you, not so much about Michael Jackson. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think this is a little too on the nose for me. Like I don't, I don't need to hear songs. Da- I don't need to hear dance songs that are about, dancing and how to dance and like planning to go dancing. I want to hear a a song that's danceable, but it doesn't have to be 
about that necessarily. Like it could be about the lifestyle. It could be about having fun in general. It could be about relationships that, uh, that, that, uh, occur as a result of this fun and dancing and partying. But I don't, I don't literally need to hear somebody singing to a DJ saying, Hey DJ, put this record on and I want to dance cuz I'm in the disco and I like to dance and it's 1979 and we dance and boogie and we're getting down and the disco and dance dance dance. I don't I don't need that. I don't want that. I, I need I need something a little more challenging than that. But I mean, the music isn't making up for the lyrical shortcomings. Uh, unfortunately on this track is not um michael's singing is awesome i I mean i feel like we say that every time i feel like i feel like the melody is cool the groove is fun um but it's not blowing me away yeah i mean i'm not blown away either but i also don't take any uh i don't i don't have any serious gripe with the lyrics yeah, being. I mean, I don't. I don't anticipate a song called "Burn This Disco Out" to not be about dancing. Well, yeah. Like, I'd be surprised if it was about, uh, you know, thermal nuclear dynamics. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I I know. Again, I know. Like you, I know what we're getting from the title alone. But um, it would have been nice to have a little more. Um. But yeah, that's that's the only if if you want to call that a serious gripe, it's not like a I'm going to listen to the song and I I listen to the song many <clears throat> times and it's still a pleasant song and I still have fun listening to it and I won't I I'm certainly not going to turn it off uh if I hear it. Um mm-hmm. but you know, if I'm listening to the entire album, I might zone out at this point. Because I've already heard a lot of other things I like better, so yeah. I might just I might just let this slow fade into the background and uh, and I don't and I don't need it necessarily. Like I know I know I, again I was hard on uh, um, off the wall the song when we first listened to it, and it's possible that I'll come around with this one, but I think off the wall the more I listen to it, the more the composition. The arrangement and the music does kind of blow me away a little bit. Like it, it certainly makes up for uh, the lyrics, even though the lyrics aren't even that bad. But whatever, I like Off the Wall better than this. I like Rock with You better than both of them. So that's uh, I know it's early. It's early to be ranking the Rod Temperton songs, but that's Rod my Temperton, opinion. you're blasting that Rod. I can't believe it. This is the Rod Blast the Rod Blast podcast. Yes, so that's that's my ranking. Rock with you, followed by Off the Wall, followed by Burn This Disco Out. I mean, I think I would switch places with Off the Wall and Burn the Disco Out, but it is too soon to be ranking, Raleigh. <laughs> it's not too soon. <clears throat> we could we could we could have been doing that by 1981. I would not have been able to rank anything at the age of two. <laughs> Nor could I. Although I may have been three. 
Play more of the song. No, I want to talk more about the. <laughs> 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 um, We're good at blowing segues. Here's another uh, another quick minor issue. Um, there ain't no way that you're gonna let us down. That reminds me a lot of there ain't no, there ain't no what is it? There ain't no rules. It's up to you, which shows up in the other in. Off the wall and the other Rod Temperton song, mm-hmm. which I have queued up for you. Do what you want to do. There ain't no rules the delivery starts out. I know they don't end up the same way, but the delivery starts out the same. And part of that could be the fact that Rod wrote these three songs and didn't intend for Michael to use all three of them. So if you're mm-hmm. a little repetitive, he's also, he also sings about boogieing down on off the wall. So if you're, if you're a little repetitive, it's not a big deal. Um, until you find out that Michael's going to use all three songs. So they, I feel like they put off the wall and, uh, if off the wall had been followed by burn this disco out, that would have been some poor tracking. So it's good that they put them far apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna rewind a little bit just so we can hear that section again. I like where it's going. It's a nice change. Everything's a lot of quick changes in the song. Yeah, I mean they gotta they gotta get it done. They gotta get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's sort of a chorus. This, this, is a, this is an oddly structured song. There's not, not so much of a chorus in this one. Not really. Just uh, not a chorus in which he says he repeats the title. He kind of says throws the title out at the end of the verse and then kind of just does his own chorus, mm-hmm. in which I thought originally he said groove all night keep the booty down or keep the booty <laughs> all night or keep the booty. I thought it was booty, but it says boogie boogie groove all night. Keep the boot, keep the boogie. All right. Keep the boogie. All right. Is that Michael doing that? Um, I would, I'm not sure. I think it's a distinct possibility. There's nobody else listed in the credits as, <clears throat> uh, as providing backing vocals. And uh, as I noticed you know, in Bruce's book, Michael provides all his own backing vocals. Many, you know, many people say that behind the curtain, off stage, Michael Jackson spoke in a much lower register. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. and that was in the um, that was sort of <laughs> evident in that um, that recording that came out like from shortly before he died, where he was talking to someone on the phone about the "This Is It" tour, and it didn't really sound like him. Like grant granted he was probably like you know strung out on pills, but I need to hear that right now. Oh, I'm just gonna look up Michael Jackson deep voice. And we'll see. Michael Jackson deep and low voice. Today we stand together all around the world, joined in a common purpose to remake the planet into a haven of joy. A common purpose. Understanding and goodness. 
No one should have to suffer. All right, that's that's pretty deep. When's that? When is it? What's the context of that? Uh, I don't know. There's a especially our children. He's in a stadium. I don't know. This time, we must succeed. It looks it looks nineties. Oh, it looks like a football game, maybe. Did he do a Super Bowl at some point? He did. He did the first uh, modern Super Bowl halftime show, like in the early nineties. It could be that. It could be. Yeah, it looks like looks like. American. It looks like you're American football. Right, here's another. That was. Uh, there's a pretty fun. One of my favorite Michael Jackson quotes is. Uh, he said something. It's like when he was doing publicity for that halftime show, where he's like, he said something like, "I can't think of a better way to spread the message of world peace than working with the NFL." <laughs> um. Here's another here's another Michael Jackson deep voice clip called Michael Jackson deep voice used while with Madonna. Madonna spelled incorrectly. Madonna, what did you think tonight? I'm singing. Michael, were you surprised? I loved it. Thanks. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Oh, here we go. Michael Jackson farting. It says real, so you know it's got to be real. Let's not look it up. <laughs> I can't look it up. Forgot it. Well, that did sound real. <laughs> that sounded like Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Michael Jackson's real voice or deep voice? Okay, Raleigh. No, I gotta hear one more, one more. <laughs> Where is it? I was calling police. Uh, looking for Michael. Oh, All right, forget it. I don't know what this shit is. <clears throat> you you were right. I I should have used some restraint and got back to the episode. Um. Okay. So that is probably Michael's voice. Probably, yeah. But there's a very specific. Like, if you look later up the, uh, if you look up the specific thing, the this is it audio. Yeah, it's definitely him, and it's like, oh man. But yeah, I, I assume that this is. I assume that Michael Jackson was, was, could lower his voice and go any register he wanted to because he was Michael Jackson and he was a talented man. Um, okay, now that we've established that that's probably Michael Jackson's voice, um, do we like that? Because I don't, I don't particularly like that element. <laughs> Why don't you like it? It just sounds, it sounds corny. I mean, I think that a lot, I, you know, it's fun, whatever. I don't have any gripe with it. I think a lot of, a lot of the, sh I think a lot of good chunk of this album could be described as corny, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Well, that's, this is corny that crosses the line for me. You better, by the end of this song, you better have a gripe about something. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I mean, yes. I don't, I feel like I came here to have a good time and I'm so attacked right now. Oh, I, I don't appreciate that. This isn't, this isn't fun. This is work. Join the party. 
every kid can do it. That's for sure. About potty join, yeah, join the potty. Wait, why are we? I'm, you know, I'm already so. I skipped ahead a little bit. There, there's out of two whack. lines before that. Before join. Got a hot foot. Better freak across the floor. Better freak across the floor. Better freak across the floor. Join the party, and we'll keep you moving. That's for sure. This freak was that a dance? Is that what that was a reference to? Um, possibly. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. The lyrics—they're just not doing anything for me. That's. I think sure. they're they're fun. They're more a little more fun than previous. Um. Now you don't you don't think this is too like stereotypical disco? Or, or, uh, you know, I was but, thinking I about that before fun. we before we started today. I mean. No, I guess I don't. It doesn't really have the same, or it, if it is, it doesn't contain the same kind of stuff that would bother me in like traditional disco. Like, musically, I guess musically, it's more funky than disco, right? But the lyrics seem to be kind of generic dance disco to me. So you're okay if if this had had like laser sounds and. Uh, and the hi-hat and, and all the disco stuff and the same exact lyrics, I feel like you would hate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. But, like, I don't know. I feel like this is funnier than... Something about this is just more humorous to me than anything, and I don't feel, like, offended by it or bored by it or, like, nauseated by it. You know, it's just kind of silly and fun and... Is it because we're pretending that burning this disco out? Is it because we've led up for 10 episodes now pretending that this was going to be this violent thing about a, a like like a massacre <clears throat> or actually burning down a, a dance establishment? I think I only, I just, at these days in my life, there's only so much hate I can give. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump out of my skin to, uh, to hate something just because you know i'm fine with it i'm not saying this is the greatest thing ever recorded and it's like making my rod blast you heard it here first james green jr says this is the greatest thing ever recorded stop speaking no. for my rod so I, I you may you may only be mere months younger than me but you are so much more mature <laughs> I, I have lots of hate <laughs> You do, you do. You get worked up into a froth about things yeah. I can't even comprehend. It's, it's real hard for me not to complain about things. It's not. It's not really hate, though. I don't. I don't hate the song at all. I just hate life. No, that, I'm just kidding. That's, well, that's I don't think that's true, true either. Yeah. I think you like to put forth a persona that you're full of hate, but you're really not, Raleigh. No, I hate to put forth a persona of loving hate. Is this what we're doing now? Is this, <laughs> this, this, this our thing? All right. 
We're going into Oh, shit. I'm sorry. That I'm sorry. Felt like, see, I like the part that we're coming up to now. I think that's Do fun. You? I think that's a lot of fun. Okay. The, coincidentally, the most disco part of the song coming up. <laughs> I never said I dislike disco. I, I just like anything else. I dislike it when it's when it's hollow and cliche. Okay. Um. So, I feel like the more I listen to this, I actually I don't like this section coming up. I'm not I'm not crazy about it, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying that just to disagree with you, but. Uh, well, we can listen to it. I, I rewound a little bit, so we can we can go into it. It's a nice it's a nice change into the bridge, and of course the bridge comes at exactly the right time. I feel like all the elements of the song, everything's changing at the right time. Compositionally, it's it's all it all does exactly what it's supposed to when it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Exactly before anytime I'm about to be bored or am looking for the change, the change occurs. So this bridge is no different. Once you get the beat inside your feet, there ain't no way to stop. You're moving good. Now the weekend's come. It's time for fun. You got to groove just like you know you should. I mean, that's that's like, you know, Alan Thick couldn't write anything that clever. <laughs> um, yeah, again, again, for me, this is just like the lyrics here kind of kind of summarizing things that have already been discussed on the album things that have already been discussed in other songs like by other people a billion times um it's uh even even the feel of of this bridge it feels like 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 a pale compare uh, like a paler version of um does it rock with you yeah, rock with you. The bridge of rock with you. It reminds me of the bridge of rock with you, but not as interesting, not as good. And I think again, this is probably the case of Rod writing three songs, not expecting all three of them to be chosen for the album. Um, but unfortunately, this one sounded kind of derivative of the other two. In my opinion. Wait a minute. You're not speaking from a factual standpoint. <laughs> are you saying there's some bias to the words that are coming from your mouth? I can I can put this the things that I'm saying, my opinions, I can put them on Wikipedia and I will make them fact. Well, please do. I will. Well, great. I'm glad we reached that agreement. <laughs> You want to hear some more of the song? <laughs> I do. I do would want, love nothing more. Do you want to tell me more about how much you love this? this Raleigh, you know, I don't know that I've ever experienced like real honest love until this moment, <laughs> until I heard this song. I never knew how pure it could be. Is it the love of the weekend? <laughs> it's the love of people now 
uh, potentially being ready to rock across the room. <laughs> <clears throat> did we did we listen to that? We we got to that part, right? Or more like right at it, I think. All right, I'm gonna back it up just a little bit. We heard all that shit already before. I think mm. I think what's boring me the most, I think it's that it's it's mostly the the um that just that establishing riff um of the verses, the boom 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 dun dun dun. It's just kinda uh, it's like an like an elephant playing it. It's like a giant elephant just walking along through the forest. Wait, 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 wait! Back up. There's What's no an elephant doing in the, in the forest? In the safari, because he's out of, he's out of, he's out of his, <laughs> he's out of his league. Um, <laughs> he was, he was, he was, he parachuted into the forest accidentally, with part of Operation Dumbo Drop. Christ! How dare you! <laughs> how dare you! Okay, so I specifically told you when we began this friendship, no references to Corin Nemec. <laughs> so he's. <clears throat> he's in the <clears throat> safari or the jungle and he's just kind of moving along and it's boring and that's it. And the bass is so much more interesting in other parts of the song, just not that part. But when that is like the establishing part of the song and everything goes back to that all the time, eh, I just don't like it. It's kind of dull. I mean, I see where you're coming from. It's like not, you know, I'm certainly not feeling inspired to go Whoa. grab that motorcycle. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the plane dropping off Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> that was the motorcycle bringing the elephant. Um. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't tell you that I, I live at a motocross track. <laughs> no. Are you, in the, are you in the motorcycle club? James Green Motorcycle Club? Uh, if that's a reference to something, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's not. It's just, it's Raleigh, just, it's just stop a reference to motorcycle clubs in general. Every day you call me and you say, where's the beef? <laughs> it's just like a constant parade of references with you. I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> I know. I know more than else. Oh, go ahead. Play I'm, I'm backing it up. Sorry. We're, we're two minutes and 22 seconds into it. I don't think anything new is going to happen for the rest of the track. I think I think things get a little looser towards the end, but I think this is pretty much it. This is this is this is the final minute and a half of this album. Yeah. So. Not nah, they're not. They're not really making it count necessarily. Not at all. Everybody just settled down. Is that what he said? <laughs> Everybody just settled down. 
Is that the principal uh, that came in? No, I think he said, wait, I think he's saying everybody get the sound. Get that sound. Get that sound. I like mm. I like my idea better. I like it as if that voice is the principal coming in trying to calm everybody down. <laughs> Students, please. Settle down. <laughs> All right, I was just about to lose it right there, but I know that something's going to happen right here because uh, Rod Temperton knows exactly when I'm bored. So so let's see what he does to suck you in, to suck you off, to you, blast your own rod. Give me that rod blast. So Burn this fucking disco. It's what he said, right? So we burn this <laughs> no, disco. that is not what he said. I think it is. I'm, we're gonna listen to that part again. By the way, that that section of the song is my favorite section of the song. That little that little thing that leads up to what is not quite the chorus. That's my that's my favorite part of the song. Really? Yeah. Like Interesting. That. And the, I think my and favorite the, part of the song is when it. That part where he goes, "Once well, you got the beat inside your feet, there ain't no way inside me we good." I think that's my favorite part. <laughs> he does it exactly like that too. He does. He Do does that again. I'll beatbox over it. No, no, please, <laughs> please. All right, we're gonna listen to this section again. I I already forget why. Why were we gonna listen to this again? I don't know. Because you're a sadist. <laughs> no, but there was a reason. Oh, well, I'll remember it when we get to the end, and then we'll have to listen to it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it sounds like he says burn this fucking disco. Is he, does he, it? it? It does to me. We burn this fucking disco. No, That's what he I says. disagree. Till we burn this fucking disco. Again. <laughs> oh, he should have said it. <laughs> if he that and then and then the album should have ended. Till we burn this fucking disco and then and then that's the end blowout ending yeah that should have happened but I don't think uh, I don't you know that would have been too nuts though I mean that would have just been too crazy Quincy Jones leaned into Michael Jackson's ear and said you know you're gonna have to say fucking disco at the end of this I know I know Quincy (laughs) I know and he did it <laughs> Which is funny because he said uh, by the time Dangerous came around, he was he's you know he was just like fuck it, and he was saying damn and uh, you know some racial epithets. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, wait, that was he in said, uh, that was in um that was after that. That was in history. Yeah. But he did say, 
what did he say in Dangerous? I feel like he said dang or something, right? Yeah. He, said he so, says, I don't know, maybe he says penis. I have no idea. <laughs> no, he definitely, mean. around the time of Dangerous, he said <laughs> penis on national television. That's true. <laughs> they took photographs of my penis. <laughs> Including my penis. <laughs> they took photographs of my big stretchy balls. No, there were built my million dollar penis. <clears throat> I feel like the <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dying. There were things on dangerous that sounded like they should have been curses, but he replaced them with other words. And I just I assumed that they were originally curses or he wanted to curse or something like that. But I can't remember what any of them were. Go back to season one and listen to that, folks. Hours of listening pleasure await you. Bass is getting crazy right now. I don't know what's going on. I'm not even sure he's hitting the right notes. It's just getting out of it's getting out of control. It's the end of the fucking album. That's what. Yeah, they're burning this disco out. Yeah. Like the flames can't. It's so hot the flames can't even stay in the disco. There's not enough oxygen, so they're going outside. Here's one other thing I do like. Um, I'll give you some more positivity because clearly I've. I've burned the positivity out of this episode. Um, I like uh, when he says, it's going to dance, going to shout. Are those the lyrics? Yes. When he says, he goes, going to dance. And then the horns go, brown. (laughs) Going to shout. Brown. (laughs) I like that. I like that interplay there. Because it probably, who knows if it was actually written that way. But, at some point, I, I assume it wasn't originally written with the horns. I don't know. I don't really know how. Uh, I don't know how Rod Temperton writes his songs, but I'm just the, the, the scenario that I'm imagining is that he came in with the song, and then Michael delivered it, and then uh, Jerry Hay was like, "Hey," because that's his thing. Because this is Jerry Hay. He just jumps in and says, "Hey, I'm gonna add a horn flourish right here after." Michael says, gonna dance, mm-hmm. gonna shout, and then it's gonna sound nice together, and this is what it sounds like. And it's nice that, it's nice that uh, Michael allows the music or maybe he's not allowing it. Maybe Quincy Jones is forcing forcing him to do it. But it's nice when other instruments emphasize and complement, uh, em- emphasize the rhythm and complement Michael's voice. It's nice to have that kind of uh, interplay as opposed to it being like another hiccup from Michael's voice or a ho or a hee hee or something like those mm. have their place when used in moderation, I think. But I feel like later on he relies on that more than the music itself to be the interesting thing or to mm. emphasize the song. And it's nice that here it's the horns doing it. Yes, that's true. Yes. It's always, it's yes. Yes. Score. Yes, you're correct. You got that one in the goal. Yes.
two weeks later. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, well, we only have, we have like 25 seconds left of the song. And it's a slow fade from here, I think. Everybody just settle down. Everybody keep your hands to yourselves. <laughs> keep your hands inside the car at all times. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, that's off the wall. We we were just off the wall and we burned out of that disco. Yeah. I mean, it's I really we it feels like that track should have been a little could have had a little more oomph or could have been a little more uh, monumental, but certainly a nice change. I mean, the three songs that preceded it were not my scene. So I'm glad it was at least better. What was before that? So it's the falling in love. I can't help it. And she's out of my life. Yeah. I'm not even sure those three songs are in each other's scenes. They are very different Wait, songs. Wait, say that again. I didn't hear you. What did you I say? I said, uh, I'm not sure any of those songs are even in each other's scenes. Part of each other's scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're all... I was, I was, you made life. me... I was worried for a minute that the songs made a movie together. <laughs> um, yeah, She's Out of My Life was the schmaltz. I Can't Help It was the jazz. And It's the Falling in Love was the... Uh, 80s duet which harkens back to the 70s late 60s duet um and then we're back to the disco dance the disco dancing of 1979 um so i don't know what to say i mean i think it's just uh you know it's just yeah, this album was better than obviously better than Dangerous, so I yeah. think we feel less like we've been through a ringer. Yeah, for sure. And uh this particular there was you know, this the song is just alright, you know. It's uh not and it's not even like a uh it's just it just exists, it just is. And I don't know what I don't know what to say either. I'm struggling for. It reminds me. It's a lot like when Alf ended. You know, <laughs> is it? There I, was, how did Alf there end? Was, I don't really know. They uh, <laughs> they ended on a cliffhanger where Alf was gonna go back to. Uh, he, he met up with um, like some of his friends came back to get him from space. And it ended on a cliffhanger, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you another season. But then that changed over the summer, and so it never came back, and there was never a, uh, like, true final episode. Was there a movie? Did we talk about this once before? (laughs) I'm sure we've talked about it at some point. There was, indeed, in 1998, a made-for-television movie that was only released theatrically in Germany called Project (laughs) Alf, which catches us up. Alf has been captured and he lives in a government facility and he escapes. But there's no there's like none none of the uh or like cast members from Alf 
the series are in it. Like not, nobody who played the Tanners. Hmm. But it does. There is Martin Sheen. What? Yeah. Yeah, you heard me, motherfucker. <laughs> Martin Sheen, Ray Walston, um, and I feel like um, Jamiroquai. No, no, not Jamiroquai. Like I feel like the guy who played Dick Dietrich. I don't know if you remember that show. It was like oh, a yeah, it yeah, was yeah, a yeah. fake talk show. Yeah, I, I actually I really liked that show. He was also in Son of the Beach. Yes, yes, yeah. I think he was in it. I can't. Remember I may his be name. thinking of someone else. He's a funny guy. You know, I, I remember reaching out to him for something. I don't. I wish I could remember what it was. Was I writing? Was I writing a book about Project Alf? That seems improbable. <laughs> um, but the point is, I never heard anything from him. Well then. I take back that he's a nice guy. He's a, no, he's no, a no. You asshole. never know what's going on in these Fuck people's lives. But I did hear, according to, I, I believe that uh, Alf's creator is well known for being a bit of a dick. Al is that the guy whose name is also Alf, or was he no, something else? No, Alf's creator is Paul Fusco. Ah, oh, right, right, right. <clears throat> who's Alf Clausen? Was that the guy who did the music? He Alf Clausen does music for The Simpsons. Oh. And not for Alf the show. <laughs> <laughs> not for Alf. He wasn't. He wasn't contractually obligated to do music. He broke the mold that uh, something that you must work on a television program featuring your name. Was there was there not anybody named Alf involved with the show Alf? Where am you I know, this from? is this would be very easy for yeah. me to let me check on the Internet Movie Database. I think it it so it's possible. Um, I guess I just I could have made that whole thing up. I, maybe I just saw Alf Clausen's name on The Simpsons, and I invented this entire uh, fantasy in my mind. Um. Okay, let me take a look here. I can't. Even oh, there's see. only on this on the entire cast list for Alf. There's only like twenty mentions of Alf. Um, I can't even find. Oh shit. Oh my God! You're right. Alf Claus did do music oh, for Alf. Thank you. He did music for 97 episodes. Whew. So I guess that's like the whole series. That was a close one. <laughs> wow. So Alf Claus did oh, that. That I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I am goddamn flabbergasted. <clears throat> Alf Claus should have done the music for at least one song on Off the Wall, though. <laughs> I would have ditched uh, She's Out of My Life and let Alf Clausen write a song. And it would have been called uh, She's Out of This World. And it would have been about aliens that eat cats. I had forgotten that Jim J. Bullock played Neil Tanner on five episodes of Alf. Neil Tanner? Neil Neil Tanner is he like the the uncle? He I think he was someone's nephew, mm. but he he discovers Alf like they, um, you know they do their thing. He's okay. aware of Alf. And then Alf slits his throat in the night. <laughs> no, that I, I think I remember that storyline, Raleigh. I don't think Alf killed anyone. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Alf killed anyone. <laughs> Not even in the movie? 
<laughs> Not even in the movie. He somehow escapes the government without murdering Martin Sheen. Have we listened? To, have we listened to the theme song from Friday the Thirteenth Part Three at all on this show? On no. Our, why would we have our, done that on our Rod Blast? Because it's like a disco theme song. We're gonna listen to it right now. <laughs> Does it have to do with Michael Jackson though? Yeah, because it could have been on this album. It could. This could have taken the place of uh, "She's Out of My Life." Awesome on the side. This is already better than anything on off the wall. I know you don't like the theremin. When did I say that? I think I think you did for sure say that on, on another album. I mean, another. I know episode. for sure Meshach Taylor was on an episode of Elf. <laughs> I just, I just started watching the Friday the Thirteenth movies from the beginning yesterday or two days ago. More Simpsons Alf crossover, I have discovered. You want to pan that down so I can... This is the best part. Stabbing part. (laughs) You're going to want to stab yourself when I tell you that Harry Shearer played an uncredited role on one episode of Alf in 1986. Harry Shearer? Harry Shearer. Nice. Why was it uncredited? Isn't he, wouldn't he have been a big name? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, that. Well, I'm, I mean, sort of. Maybe he didn't want the credit. It's so modest, that Harry Shearer. <laughs> was Alf ever on The Simpsons? Alf has been not, not like not like the actual Alf, but right. they've made so many Alf references. Like uh, um, in the episode where they where they think they see an alien and they do the X Files crossover, like mm-hmm. they do a like a police lineup of aliens, and Alf is in it with Chewbacca and some other people. <laughs> and uh, there's like a lot of like we <laughs> there's a lot of like. <laughs> They make a lot of jokes about Alf and like, um, you know, I think the most, probably the most famous reference is when Bart sells Milhouse his soul on a piece of paper and then uh, Mil- he wants it back. And then, but Milhouse is like, I traded it to the comic book guy for these Alf pods. <laughs> Alf pogs. That'd be a pretty good band name, the Alf pogs. You'd get sued, like, twice as hard for that. <laughs> From who? By The Simpsons or by ALF? By, by probably Pogs The Inc. Simpsons, possibly ALF, by the POG people. The POG people? Is POG, POG, is that a copyrighted term? 
I'm sure it is. By the way, uh, are we just gonna do this? Are we just gonna talk for, the re- <laughs> for like the rest of the day and never end this podcast? Yeah, this was this was a pretty short episode. We're only <laughs> we we only gone we've only gone an hour and sixteen minutes. <laughs> I feel like we have another half hour at least to fill for people to uh, get what they paid for. They didn't pay anything, you beautiful Shit. fool. You were right. Maybe we should wrap this up. Yeah, don't make it, don't make me like research pogs on the air. <laughs> well, but we will have pog research taken care of by the uh by the next episode, which will be the season 2 wrap up. Um hopefully we will be able to have all of our season 2 guests named Lamar <laughs> join us on that on that episode and uh we'll, hopefully we'll either we may be in Toronto or uh, Paris or uh, Paris. Ooh la la, Raleigh! Are you whisking me off my feet and Madagascar. taking me to Gay Paris? We may be in uh, Antarctica. Maybe what's the exact <laughs> halfway point between Jersey City and Orlando? Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna guess uh, somewhere in North Carolina. I'm gonna, this is research oh. I must do immediately. Probably, uh, oh, what's it called? Over the border? On the South border? of the border. South of the border. <laughs> that <laughs> crazy, crazy place. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I th- Christ, I think you're right. I think you're some. It looks like halfway would be somewhere in southern north carolina bam where's my but name? not exactly cuz south of the border is directly on on the border <laughs> it looks like uh actually the actual halfway point would be closer to um fayetteville mm-hmm. or goldsboro all right well that's that's where we're doing it oh but we also have lamar to contend with who is up here so we have to uh so maybe it'll be Twice Let's just as, go to Toronto to like us. we fucking planned. Like, <laughs> you know. No matter no matter where we are, we're going to be in tuxedos for sure. And <laughs> if it's anything like last season, this will be a video episode. Hot damn, baby. And uh, maybe we'll have uh, some other special guests like Rod Temperton's son. <laughs> or, uh, Greg Filingani's stepbrother, or uh, Kirk Cowley, yeah, <laughs> or or concert master. Uh, I don't remember his name. Maybe we'll have multi-instrumentalist Kirk Cowley, super producer Kirk Cowley, multi-instrumentalist James Green Jr. Kirk's gonna be so happy we mentioned his name so many times when he gets this episode in five months. <laughs> well, no one tells him to do. Like Kirk is one of the hardest working dudes. Like That's he true. is just always doing stuff. Kirk, he works hard and he listens to a lot of podcasts, <clears throat> and he's on a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's true. This this we know to be true. So we will we will always treasure that uh, one episode we managed to get him onto our podcast. Um, okay, so I don't want to. We shouldn't talk too much about the album, I guess. Right now, we should just rate the song and be done with it, or what? 
We'll yeah, save, we'll uh, yeah, Raleigh. Yeah, <laughs> we'll save all the rhetorical questions for uh, the the album related tough questions for the album wrap up. I'm just checking this out. Do I have anything else on my notes? Harper Lee is dead. George Gaines <laughs> dead. Vanity dead. Um, don't like the chorus of that. Don't like the bridge of that song. Uh, I think that's it. Okay, so my rating, I'm going to have to do a little math because I rated this song according to the new ratings that I did, which were... Now, see, that's very... not fair, though, because no, 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 you no, said... No. The... I'm not done. <laughs> I am interrupting you with anger. <laughs> On paper, I, I rated it according to my new ratings, but the math I have to do is to now adjust it back i have to plug these numbers back into how i've actually been rating on the official yaxon jackson official ratings spreadsheet that is officially official um so i gave this about the same rating i gave this slightly lower than working day and night and slightly higher than uh can't help what's that called can't help what is that song the jazz song what's it called can't help can't help uh can't i can't help it okay so now let me look back into our ratings system i gave i can't help it a five and i gave working day and night a 6.4 so this has to be somewhere in between is this better or worse than she's out of my life? That is, I think that's the question. Because that's the only other thing I ranked dead in the middle. It's got to be better than she's out of my life, right? I don't know. Shit. I'm, I'm having a, I'm, I'm in a conundrum here. <sighs> she's out of my life. Working day and night. And I can't help it. <laughs> Do you know what you're rating this? No, I'm waiting for you this time, buddy. Oh, God. Oh, sweet Jesus. Um, pressure! Oh, and I also gave Off the Wall. I also... Mm. Off the Wall has a not good rating. Um, she's out of my life. I don't know. Like, she's out of my life is, I'm not crazy about she's out of my life, but it's well written for what it is. Ugh. I hate giving things the same rating, but I feel like I got to do it because I'm, co I'm copping out. 6.1, burn this disco out. Raleigh, I thought you were the cat who would yeah, you know cop what? out. Fuck it. Do it <laughs> no. live. Do it live. Six. <laughs> I'm giving it a six. Lower. Oh, damn. Worse than She's Out of My Life. Better than I Can't Help It. Second worst song <clears throat> on the album. You know, um, what did I give? Uh, can you tell me what I gave Rock with you? An eight. And what did I give the last song we did? Uh, it's the falling in love got a 4.7. <laughs> <laughs>
you know what? With no explanation, <laughs> with no cause, with no discussion, I'm going to give Burn This Disco Out a 6.8. Wow. There has to be discussion. Well, here's the discussion. Uh, I think it's <laughs> way better than uh, It's the Falling in Love or the songs that came before that. But it's nowhere near as good as Rock With You. Okay. That's fair enough. Raleigh, I wish the people at home could see me doing the hand gestures <laughs> I'm doing right now to hammer home my point. That's the first you have. You didn't give anything. <laughs> you didn't rate anything between six and eight until just now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, so good. Good job spreading spreading your numbers across the board for s- smearing your numbers across the chalkboard. Okay, well, if you believe our ratings, which I already know that mine are are skewed, um, our averages for this album, for the entire album, mine come out to be a 7.1 for Off the Wall, Mm -hmm. if you you round up a little bit, and yours is a 7.7 if you round up. Okay. And that compares to Dangerous... Uh, I gave it a 5.6, and you gave it a 6.0. So this is better I, than that. I, I'm comfortable with all this. Okay. I I am also I'm comfortable with this being better than Dangerous. Absolutely. Um, I think it's more better than what <laughs> what my numbers reflect. So Is it more better? It's more better. So when we do our... Um, wrap up whenever that is uh i will reveal my adjusted rankings and see what that averages out to okay well i think that's it do we have anything else to add let's let's plug all our stuff let's let's plug a whole bunch of things right now you've you've got a website I want to get to an hour and a half. So we got like, we got like three and a half minutes to plug everything on earth. So you've got a website. Wait, wait, wait. Why do we start with my plugs? Okay. We'll I start have, with mine. Fine. I have like, I have something I'm trying to get off my computer screen that I need to <laughs> put my full attention into. So why don't you go with those plugs first? Did you, did you rod blast a little too hard? Oh, I did. Okay. I was so thinking about health. My latest project has been my 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 latest art project has been uh Randall Tex Cobb <laughs> my the Randall, Twitter account my, you mean my Randall Tex Cobb Twitter account which is I feel like it's actually drying up um cuz I've been I'm I'm almost tapped out of Randall Tex Cobb jokes it's been going on uh for a few months now um I just uh I think I reached my like 110th tweet or something and uh hopefully that'll be able to keep going longer but we'll see. Um I am also on Twitter under raw is raleigh where I talk about wrestling. Uh I'm also on Instagram as raw on raw is raleigh where I have photos of funny um throwback wrestling things and uh what else? That's probably enough, right? I do. I haven't done any new music in a while. Last thing I did musically was the theme song to the Purple Stuff podcast, which uh, which is s- still going on. Um, 
Let's see. That was Kirk Howley and I did that. And uh, that's enough plugging for me, I think. You're up. Uh, well, let's see. I am also on Twitter at Honey I Shrunk JG2. And that's, that's all the, the time we have, folks. See you next year. I'm just kidding. Sorry. How dare you? You're, you are a disgusting human. Um, yeah, at Honey I Shrunk JG2. Um, and from there, you could find my blog, which is JG2, JGTWO.wordpress.com. Um, <clears throat> I don't, you know, I'm working on a uh, book about the development of punk rock in places outside the United States and the United Kingdom that will be out in October of 2017. In the meantime, purchase my first book, This Music Leaves Stains, the complete story of the Misfits. It's as complete as it can be up until like uh, the end of 2013. <laughs> um and you know if you read if you buy that book and you're like man i wish there were more photos go to the this music leaves stains photo tumblr which is this music leaves stains.tumblr.com and that's uh, all i feel comfortable plugging okay that's good and i think all of these links uh, are also on our tumblr page somewhere uh, if you click on, I don't know, if you click on about us or I don't know what it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, so continue to follow us. I guess we can play the music now. Continue to follow us on Twitter at Jackson Jackson. Continue to follow us on Tumblr, Jackson Jackson. You can find us on Blogger if you want, or Blogspot. <laughs> Get up on that Blogger, son yeah. um, and daughter. What else? And be prepared. Buy cases of Coke. Buy cases of Pepsi. What? Order Chinese food. Order All pizza. All I wanted was a Pepsi. Reference. Reference. We love everybody out there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Raleigh, for letting me be on this podcast with you. Thank you. You're so full of love. Thank you to everybody who dies that we <laughs> mention on the show. Oh, the music ran out. Should I play it again? <laughs> I, yeah, we got to thank more people. Okay. Jan Hooks. <laughs> Yo, thank you to Jan Hooks. Thank you to Melanie Hustle. Thank you to Ellen Cleghorn. Thank you to Mary Gross. Thank you to Julie Louis Dreyfus. Ari Gross. <laughs> Michael Gross. Thank you to the gross, the, the garbage cut kids. I Cracky thought they were Bob. the gross. Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> Melrose Larry Green. <laughs> James Green Sr. Brian Austin Green. <laughs> Lauren Green. Tom Green. The whole Green Party. The Green Hornet. Dr. Jill Stein. Donald Trump. Dr. J. Dr. Julius Irving. Bernie Sanders. Dr. Pepper. Larry Sanders. Gary Shandling. Bernard. The St. Bernards, right? Larry Bud Melman. <laughs> Larry Bud! 
keep going. Everyone God, from Melmac. You brought up Larry Bud Melman. I gotta go cry now. <laughs> oh, I think we are done. I think we're actually done now. <laughs> oh, we're done, all right. Let me tell you. Burn this podcast out.